Welcome to this podcast. So in this podcast, what I thought I'd do was I'd actually talk a little bit about my journey and how I got into course creating. And then lastly, how I got into Zendler and how that kind of all happened for me. Uh, and it was a kind of natural progression. So I was working, I did a college HND, Higher National Diploma in uh, Design back and I finished in 1989. Whoa, it's a long time ago. But I was always interested in art and I was always producing things, painting and um, selling my photographs and paintings and illustrations even before I went to college. So I did, um, I did the HND course and straight from that I walked into a job at um, a model making company. Actually, it did more than model making. It actually started off as a film company. It used to do um, props for films such as sort of all the puppeteering type films like Thunderbirds, you might know of, like Space 1999, Captain Scarlet. Uh, all of the or Thunderbirds, all of these type of ones, it was doing all the models and all those things for it. So this is how it kind of developed. And that company then started going into the aerospace industry and producing uh, big, big, big models, uh, massive, great models, like uh, sometimes quarter scale models, that's how big they were, um, for all of the major airlines, all of them. You know, literally, uh, there's there's too many to mention. All the big ones, of course, British Airways, Qantas, um, you know, um, American Airlines, uh, Emirates, Qantas. I mean, uh, there's just there's just too many to name. It's pre pretty much all of them. Um, because we were specialists in this area and doing uh, what's called livery work, which is a design, uh, we were also asked to do designs for private jets and things like that. So we do full, so we do all the designs for the jets, and then they would go on and they would use them. And so that same company also, as well as doing these things like these models, and lots of models were actually put into things like travel agent windows. So the the company like Qantas would would order these, and then they would go into the travel agent windows, and uh, also like special ones for like the directors, CEOs, desk, all this kind of thing, you know. So it was all like this, and we did some in gold, you know, silver, all sorts of stuff. So very, very varied. But not only that, I mean, I was there for 10 years, guys. So, you know, a long time. And um, when I first started, I was working on, I was doing everything by hand, right? using ink pens, you know, on, on art boards with, with uh, <laughs> drawing tables and using things like uh, PMT cameras, photomechanical photo cameras to actually uh, process all the uh, flat black and white art to be turned into um, screen printing plates to, for the stuff to be screen printed or, or LIFO printed. Um, whatever uh, we had to do. So I was actually in the in the design department. I had one one other guy as my senior, and um, and that's how that kind of become. But the company also specialised in stuff doing uh, military work. So we did a lot of stuff for uh, MOD, um, well, the Air Force, American Air Force. I like just so many different. Some some uh, I can't disclose uh, some of the information because it was um, non-disclosure lots of it is non-disclosure work for the military so but we did basically create full-size missiles 
for the actual bomb disposal to actually disarm. So this was things, they go off, they come back and, that, and these, and we'd also do the missiles for the crewmen to actually practice loading them onto the planes. So, you know, fully weighted, full size missiles, like full of lead, you know, and they were put onto, they were used to practice because obviously they're a lot cheaper than the, the full size missiles or the Hellfires or whatever they're using. And, um, and we did lots of simulation stuff as well. So we, we would, um, do uh, dioramas and scenarios of um, simulation machines and all of this sort of stuff. So there's a ton of different things we, we used to do. Uh, and, and all of that, the back of that, because we were specialists in painting and I got involved in every area of, of the company over the 10 years. I was spraying, I was producing patterns, I was also doing my job, which is my artwork job, but I was doing all these other things as well. And it was a great time for me because there, there were all these really talented people in different areas and I was picking up all this information from them. It was like a, a kid in a candy shop and I remember you know, always in my head, I've had it that uh, anything I do, I want to be enjoying the work I'm doing. If I'm not enjoying the work I'm doing, then I don't want to be there. And I've always had that ethos in my head. And I proved the point. I've worked for companies gone, this is not my thing and I just got out, even though they could be really good jobs with people sitting for a few years and become managers or, or whatever. And then they earn good money and those things. But if the job's not good for me, I get the hell out of there and that's what I do. So that's the way I'm driven. And it, this company really gave me that kind of platform to really try things out as well. I mean, at the time, like I told you, we were using like Rubylift. And for you guys that, that have been in the design business for, for a while, you know, going back a few decades, you'll know Rubylift PMT cameras like, you know, uh, all the repeater graph pens, all this sort of stuff. You'll, you'll know all of that. And uh, flexi curves, remember flexi curves, fabulous. <laughs> and Letraset letters <coughs> that you see as burnishers to get onto the stuff. I mean, happy days. But then, of course, you know, the company, I was, I've always been very much into computers. So when the first computers, I had them at home and I was working with, um, I remember the first proper computer, the first thing that could do anything halfway decent was an Amiga 500 uh, with a great big box that was 1.5 megabytes. Woohoo! 1.5 megabytes. Wow! That was a hard drive and it was like a shoebox. It was huge and um, quite expensive at the time as well. But, you know, I was using that when I was a kid and only, the only reason being was I remember I saw this show on TV called Top of the Pops and they were using it. And I was like, oh, look, they're doing all these kind of fractal designs and doing all this stuff. That must be, wow, that's really cool. Oh, they're using an Amiga 500. Well, I can buy one of those. So I did. And so from that, obviously things got, things got better and faster really, really quick as they did in technology back in them days. And they still, and it still does to this day. And uh, I remember when the first Macs come out as well, that was like a revolution. Yeah, you know, and uh, using the BBC, um, BBC, BBC computers, the black ones, they were, anyway, I digress. And um, I basically was saying that I think that there's a way that we could actually, you know, incorporate this into our work, our livery work that we're doing, because we used to produce, basically produce 3D designs in flat so they could be printed and then wrapped around the models. So how could we do this? Can we use that computers to do this? So I started doing some tests and trying things out by scanning um, the line art in 
and actually just starting to colour it up and, and produce all the outputs from it. And you know, it was successful. Computers got better, and then we started to move on to Apple's, and then it was like, right, okay, let's invest. So the company was in buying these computers and these big machines for producing out the artwork. And that's how we, that's how I kind of got into it. And that's how I, well, that's how I, I turned what I already knew and got the company involved in that. And the next thing that come along was CNC printers, like massive great printers uh, in them days. And, and I was like, well, we can back in, we can produce 3D files and then we can actually print out the instead of carving it with wood we can actually print it out of foam um, or print it out the resin so we moved into that and we got all that and all that was going and all that was working and it was 10 years and i decided that i wanted to travel uh you know take a year out and travel around um and i did i traveled australia so i took a year out traveled australia and you know it's hard to remember what I did when I come, when I came back. I actually worked for a beverage industry. So notice at notice at this point, I'm not talking anything about teaching online courses, any of this stuff, because this is not my main background. It's all design based. So we we I went off for a year and I come back and and I went and worked for this company called Clarsons International. And anyone that's in the beverage uh, or the label bottle beverage bottle label industry will know of Clarsons International. It's a Dutch firm. It's very, very well known. And um, I didn't like it. It was far too um, forced. You were very much pigeonholed. I stuck that out for just under a year. And I could have stayed there, uh, but I didn't want to. So I, I left there and I actually went to Canterbury, which is a, a lovely little place in the southeast of the UK and Canterbury Cathedral, some of you might know, Canterbury Tales, you know. So um, yeah, I was there for a year and I was painting and uh, selling commission paintings. Oh, it's really weird. And then I was do also doing website design as well. I started to get into that. And then I started working for a marketing company. I stayed there for another 10 years. Uh, but while I was there, I had a great opportunity. It allowed me to use all the latest software to um, and start to get into photo retouching, illustration work, um, website designs, obviously coding, all this stuff. And I started to develop that over 10 years, um, plus coming on from the back of uh, Space Models as well. And self-taught all of this was self-taught everything i'm telling you was self-taught from books back then the internet wasn't as good as it is now and in that interim in that 10-year interim it kind of like things changed quite a lot and and the internet got a lot better there was a lot more information it started becoming easier to learn uh from the internet itself so that's kind of what happened and it was like 10 years of, for this pr marketing company where you know, obviously marketing, media, I was getting involved in every aspect of the company as I always do, uh, because I love to learn and know about every single side of everything that's going on in any business. And I think you, uh, especially if you're running your own company, you should know every single thing that's going on, uh, or at least to a level where you can have a professional conversation with someone. So this is how that kind of went. And I was actually, I didn't have to go in the office. I did originally, but then I started working remotely at home and then I started um, doing my own my own projects and then I started 
to realize that as I was learning all these programs and going through this, this hell, hell on earth to learn how to use things like, um, you know, Adobe Dreamweaver, like um, uh, Flash, uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, you name it. I then, what happened then was, I'm trying to get the timeline right here because actually I'd learned that stuff before I joined, before I went to Canterbury and I was working, I was actually doing training courses um, up London and then I came back and then I went to Canterbury but I still had this training thing because I really liked it. I'd had a little taster of it for about two, three months and I, I actually really liked teaching people and I actually taught the people that do the Mr. Bean cartoons, like how to actually digitize that and do that all in Photoshop and Illustrator. So I actually taught them how to do that, how to do it. So speeding their workflow up, basically taking what they've got and making it a faster workflow. So that, that's how that came about. And then I obviously went to Canterbury and started doing the websites and PR marketing stuff working my way through that doing illustration or you name it like every every part of design because it was only a small company I, and because i was eager to learn i would take every single project on and learn them all upside down but at, at the same time i was learning this stuff realizing how hard it was for me to learn it all and i decided to start to produce some youtube videos and that's how i kind of got into it so i already loved teaching i knew that that was something that resonated with me inside. I couldn't even explain it. And so I then decided to do these YouTube videos and I started to produce these YouTube videos, I started to get followers. And then I decided one day, oh, do you know what? I'll turn it into a course. Um, and I knew of Udemy and I knew it was an easy way of, they market for you, fabulous, I don't have to bother. Put a course up there and I started putting lots of courses up there. And, and I still got courses on there and I started to make significant money. Um, even though Udemy take a massive, massive cut. And from there, I then had a look at other platforms where I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna market all myself. It is a pain, but I'm gonna start to do it all myself. So that's exactly what happened. I had a big audience on my Udemy channel, on my YouTube channels and Facebook groups and then I started to set up my own site and I went across to um, Kajabi, Teachable Thinkific, you know, and I find out, I I then I found Zenda. Now I already found Zenda before I found the rest of them and I got involved in it a little bit and I, I talked to Rakesh and this was like years ago and I talked to Rakesh and I was like, do you know what, this is a really good platform. I'd like to sort of do something, do some training. So I did, did some little bits for him to help promote um, Zenla before I worked for Zenla. And then I um, tried some of these other platforms and I kind of left it all stagnant. And I just thought, you know what, stick with Udemy. I haven't got the time. I'm doing too many other projects because this is where I was just working for myself, um, doing lots and doing my marketing work as well so i didn't have the time to do it but then i was like do you know what i need to make some sort of plan so my plan was right okay if i what i'll do is i'll watch the money coming in as soon as my course money from udemy starts to outweigh the money that i'm earning from this marketing company then i'll make that switch and it didn't really happen because it was quite a lot and then this kind of recession hit where i was I wasn't getting as much money 
and my courses were higher but it still wasn't enough and I was like well I don't know if I want to stay in this I if I work on my own I can make four times the money I can make by working for someone else um, and I wasn't I was getting jaded by the whole website experience <coughs> and not only that I was getting pretty jaded with um, people that don't know anything about design actually making tweaks to something that is perfect and not actually giving a reason behind it um, it used to drive me nuts um, to the point where I just in the end was like you know what and my wife was a big influence behind this because she turned around to me and said like they're just using you David you know they're just making money off you and they they, they don't care they don't care but, and I get very vested in people you know I think that they're everyone's out to treat me well like I would treat them but actually that's not the case at all you know and I understand it it's business you've got to be cutthroat but I mean come on so I always treat people I employ very, very well. I always give bonuses. I always pay them uh, as much as I can afford um, because I know that they're going to be, then they're going to stick with me. And this is my ethos and um, this is what I believe in. This is, I, and this I think is Rakesh's belief as well. And that's why he treats us very, very well. So anyway, I really liked Rakesh and I saw, you know what, I, that was the amazing thing. I saw Rakesh on these, uh, on Facebook, like, or every like every minute of every hour of every day he was replying and helping people and I was like that guy he's he's amazing you know I, I work crazy hours but in those days that was just madness to me and um, it's really nice that he's he's still working just as mad just as mad I'm pretty sure but he's, he's more on the development he's looking after the platform because we've picked up um, what <laughs> three people have picked up what one that Rakesh um, was doing all on his own which um, is so funny so uh, yeah so I, anyway I, I, I then I then invested I then got into Zenline and I started to make money and just do my own thing and moved away from Udemy completely and brought a lot of students across um, who found me via organic search and paid adverts and those things and then um, there was a job come up on a thing and I was like, do you know what, I really would like to to work, do some stuff for Zendler. So I started talking to Rakesh, he already knew me and it was pretty easy, we, we just um, got on and I told him my views and he, he already knew what I was doing. Um, I, I, at that time I, I wasn't really ever on camera and I've I've taught, I've actually taught in person on, on a few different occasions. You can make really good money. I used to go to these private training centers and teach on Adobe products and Microsoft products. I used to do that fairly regularly and make a lot of money from that for spending a day there. So um, you're talking like 600 quid. So, you know, not bad for uh, a day. So I was going there and just doing these things uh, every now and again. So I really liked doing the stuff in person, but whenever I did my own stuff, I always screen shared and I never actually came on camera myself like I am now. Like you guys listening to some podcasts, you won't see me, but there's a video that accompanies this on their YouTube channel. And I, so when I joined Zenla, obviously it was, it's really important that I was on camera, uh, which I was a little bit uncomfortable with, but then I got used to it very, very quickly. And this is what I was saying, this is what I said to people about camera confidence and presenting. The more you do it, the better you're gonna get, the more comfortable you're gonna get there just talking in front of a camera and not actually talking to anybody at this precise time. You're gonna be listening to this later, but not at this time. So 
that was a really that was really good there was things i was doing wrong but i've had some coaching on that and this has been a learning thing as well rakesh has been um, feeding back what i need to improve on even the community tell us what they want and what we need to improve on and you know team members as well we all work together it's a really actually a really nice experience so that's where i've got to and that's where i am now so i am a course creator i do teach in person and i've done all of this stuff all to get to the point that i am now which i think is where i am now is actually where i should be you know it's exactly where i should be at this point in time okay and and it's 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 a bit of an adventure because it's it's really quite exciting time with the you know the advent of ai coming along and all of these things it's really quite interesting and so that's my story guys that is me that is the person that's doing these podcasts if you haven't seen me then you've listened to me and you can hear this story of god so what i'd like you to do you know is to share your stories so if you've got a story you can reach out to me david at zenla.com that's z-e-n-l-e-r.com okay david at zenla.com and share your story and what i might do is i might read it out as a blog or i might ask you if you want to come on and do a blog to share your story because i you know these are amazing these are these are journeys these are like where you come from now obviously i've summed that up fairly quickly like in 21 minutes what has been decades and decades of work since 1989 i've been working professionally um, across creative sectors and course creation marketing all this stuff i consider creative so if you've got a story to share then definitely get in contact with me and we can put you up on our podcast so guys that is me that is david david newton or david zendler aka I hope you've enjoyed this podcast by us at Zenla. See you soon, guys. Bye.